What's up, everyone? Welcome to BCL Coast to Coast, the official podcast of the Basketball Champions League. My name is Austin Green. We got a great show for you this week. The man, the myth, the legend, Kevin Punter from Virtus Bologna joins us on this week's show. He's the BCL's all-time leading scorer, one of our favorite players to watch in the competition. So it was great to talk to him. Joining me for that and more is David Hein over in Germany. Dave, how are you doing this week? Good, good stuff. Uh, had a chance to uh, watch some uh, some BCL teams in action, uh, domestic cups, and also the Intercontinental Cup. Congratulations to Ike Athens on taking the uh, the FIBA Intercontinental Cup. Yeah, great performance from Ike down in Brazil. It was a pretty good, uh, pretty good cup week overall for the BCL teams. We had three teams from the Basketball Champions League that won their domestic league cups. That was Hapoel Jerusalem winning in the Israeli League. Sig Strasbourg, they didn't quite make the playoffs in the BCL. They were eliminated in that final week, but they won the French Cup, which is a huge accomplishment. So shout out to Strasbourg. And then Broza Bomberg over there in the German League won that cup. Uh, Dave, what, what did you think about Bomberg taking home the title there in Germany? I ended up not being being able to get to the to the game, but did take it in uh, live. And uh, you know, if you have a chance to go back and and watch the highlights, the the end of it was 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 kind of chaotic and. Um, just two really, really good teams and, uh, Nico sees us, uh, as he's done so many times, uh, came up big and, and hit a huge three with 2.4 seconds left to give them, to give, uh, Bumberg the 83, 82 victory for their sixth cup title. And, um, yeah, just another, another, uh, piece of, uh, hardware for, uh, for Zizis and, um, yeah, just a great performance. Rice was, was really good. Harris was Harris, but Harris has been really coming on, uh, lately. And, uh, you know, they, they, they kind of took advantage of, of Luke Sigma being sick. Um, but, uh, still, you know, great, great performance. Yeah. So congratulations out to, uh, Strasbourg and also to, uh, to Jerusalem on, on getting their domestic cup titles. Yeah, some great achievements by those teams. Uh, it was really cool to see them excel. Zizis, the veteran with that shot, uh, that was pretty incredible to watch and, and great to see from Broza Bomberg. They play Banvit in the BCL round of 16, so it's cool to see them get some momentum going into that comp, uh, going into that matchup in the playoffs because uh, that, that's going to be pretty epic. Uh, but Dave, we, we've also got to talk about the FIBA Intercontinental Cup returning this season. Ike Athens, the defending BCL champions, won that competition. First, they beat San Lorenzo from Argentina, 86-64. to And then in the final, the hosts, Flamingo, in Rio de Janeiro, Ike won that game, 86-70. to Jordan Theodore, their new signing, was the MVP of the competition, 22 points, 5 assists. And of course, Theodore was the MVP of the first BCL season when he played with Banvit. Now he's coming in with Ike uh, and Dave. He looked pretty incredible in this tournament. I mean, he had total control. Um, I, you know, in in the semifinal, first of all, it was really it was pretty cool seeing uh, Joel Anthony uh, playing for San Lorenzo, the the former NBA champ. Um, uh, you know, total you know total rim protector. He ended up with six blocks, and and uh, you know they struggled a little bit with that, but um, you know, uh, Sakota came up big. Uh, him and James both had uh, 15, and Theodore had had 12 points, just one assist. 
but in in the in the final against uh, Flamingo, one turnover in thirty minutes. The team they only uh, they only turned the ball over uh, six times. Two of those in the final one thirty, so they didn't really count that much. It was one just one turnover in the first half. Uh, Flamingo tried to stay in it with their offensive rebounding, uh, but uh, it was just too much. Theodore Masulis was great as well, uh, hit three threes and scoring 17. Um, James had 12.7 rebounds, and, and Sant Ruse, man, he really you know did everything, a little bit of everything as well. Eight points, four rebounds, three, uh, three assists, and three steals. Uh, just a fantastic performance, and like I said, really just totally took care of the ball. And really just four turnovers in the first 38 minutes. And it was, it was cool seeing uh, Anderson Varejao as well. You know, the old man can definitely still do it at 21 and 11, uh, but just, there wasn't enough, you know, you clearly saw that the, that Ike had, had met much too many weapons and, you know, you, you know, Hunter didn't really even do that much, you know, had four points, three rebounds, uh, had some foul trouble, but uh, it really wasn't even needed. So congrats to, to Ike. Uh, fantastic performance and, uh, and, and Theodore, you know, like you said, you know, stepping up again, uh, and, and showing that he's a huge, huge, huge big time player. And, uh, yeah, they, they, the queen, the queen rises again. Yeah, no doubt about that. It was, it was really great. I think for Ike, a really encouraging sign that even though Hunter struggled, they were able to dominate these two games. Uh, like this game against Flamingo, they were up by as much as 25 points late in that game. And Hunter, like you mentioned, probably, you know, he was outplayed by Verajao, which was a bit surprising considering that he was clearly the BCL MVP for the regular season didn't have his best games in this tournament but Ike with their depth were able to overcome that so I I, I think that's got to be really exciting for this team and you know just a lot of different weapons they can beat you in a lot of ways they have Sakota and Machula stretching the floor Hunter flying around inside James was phenomenal and and Theodore uh, just looks like he's just going to be such a massive addition at the mid-season mark of course Dave with Ike going up against Pauk in their round of 16 matchup, you know, we, we assume Ike are going to be the favorites in this. Did, uh, wh- what did you think about this performance in terms of just what this means for their future in the BCL? I mean, it, it, it's far enough in advance of the, you know, March 5th, 6th. I'm not sure when they actually, when their first game is, you know, that it's not going to really have an impact of them, you know, on them as far as traveling, going all the way out to, uh, to, you know, South America and coming back. Uh, you know, it, it gives, it gives, uh, it gives them a chance to, to, to work in even more Theodore, uh, and, and see how, see how everything, uh, fits together. Um, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a battle with Pauk and, uh, you know, Pauk definitely has to, has to hold home court, uh, to start. Uh, but I mean, without a doubt, they're the underdogs, I would say. And, and, uh, I, you know, I don't know that they're not, I mean, where there's a reason why we all are saying that Ike is going to be in the final four, you know, and, uh, because they're clearly one of the best teams and there's not really many teams that can beat them. Um, and Pauk is going to have to play probably a perfect game and have to hope that perfect two games probably, and have to hope that, uh, that, that Ike, uh, that almost all of their weapons don't you know, aren't, aren't, aren't working then on that day, on those days. So, I mean, over two, over two legs to, to beat Ike, 
like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if Paul, you know, can do it. Uh, I, I don't want to, this isn't quite exactly the prediction show, um, that we're going to do later, but, um, you know, th this definitely shows that, you know, even against a team that they don't really know that well, Flamingo, uh, and, and San Lorenzo, you know, they dominated really both those, both of those teams. Um, and they, but they're going to know the, the BCL opponents that much more, you know, and obviously they're going to know Pauk even that much more. So, uh, it bodes, definitely bodes well for, for, for them, uh, for, for Ike. Yeah, for sure. Ike Athens now with three titles in the, in the last calendar year, winning the Greek cup, the BCL, and now the FIBA intercontinental cup taking down Flamingo in Brazil. One of the guys who helped Ike win two of those trophies last year, Kevin Punter, is coming up next on the show. Dave and I had a chance to talk to Kevin for about a half an hour on a variety of different topics from winning the BCL last year with Ike to his great season thus far with Virtus Bologna. So stay tuned to hear from Kevin Punter. Punter looks for an opening. Gets inside. Punter gets in the lane, goes off one foot. Punter for three. Good. Okay, so on the show this week, we have Kevin Punter from uh, Virtus Bologna. Kevin, uh, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you. Um, I guess uh, we can say welcome to the BCL playoffs. Um, you guys finished first in your group in the regular season. Uh, mm -hmm. we, we, we like to talk about uh, probably being the toughest group uh, in the uh, in the competition, uh, maybe how do you feel about uh, how the regular season went for for you and the team? Uh, it went well. Uh, first first uh, season, first year. Uh, Vitus was in Champions League, and for us to you know come to first place was a pretty I feel like a pretty big accomplishment. Um, it was it was um, started seven and zero. You know, it, it ended a little differently, but um, we were still able to come in first place and. You know that's 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 the best thing. That's the most important thing. So we were still able to um, reach our goal. Yeah, and last week you guys just won a really crazy game against uh, Milano, the Euroleague club in the Italian Cup, and that's obviously a, a really mm -hmm. big accomplishment. But then you lost in the semifinals the next day. So I was I was just wondering what have the past few days like been like for you guys? Because I imagine that would be kind of an um, emotional roller coaster a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, just a lot of games, you know. The cup is, you know, for people that don't know, the cup is, is a tournament, and you know, some other countries do the cup differently. But here is, you know, you in order to win, you would think that'll win like three straight games. So, you know, to, to play to play um a team like Mal uh, Milan, your league team, and then to lose to, you know. A team that's not your league team, or you know, is that's just the cup play that, that happens all the time. But oh, you, know, you got to credit all those teams that's in the cup, and you know that that play well each and every single day. Yeah, and you mentioned after starting seven and zero in the BCL, you guys went three and four in the second half of the regular season. Uh, does anything jump out to you as like a reason for those losses after having such a strong start? Um, not really. Uh, just if you look at maybe three of those losses, they were all within one possession. They were all within one, two, three points. About I think maybe about three of those losses. So if if we able to 
regain one, two, one, two or three points, then it's a whole different, a whole different discussion. But um, we weren't, so I feel like that just uh, only gives us more power going into the playoffs, just because we've been there before. You know, not too many teams can say they've been in situations like that. So I feel like that's a good situation to be in heading into the playoffs, knowing what we've been through already in those situations. So we was to come, you know, up again with situations like that in the playoffs, we don't know how to handle it because we've been there already. Yeah, you guys, you actually went, um, you had seven games that were decided by five points or less. Um, you went you went three and four, two and one at home, uh, one and three on the road. How tough is it to get actually a victory uh, on the road in this competition? Tough, tough. Well, you know, um, I feel like all the teams do a good job of protecting their home court, you know, in terms of fans, playing well, everything. So it's not easy to win on the road. It's not easy at all. So for us, I feel like throughout the whole season, we did a pretty solid job with um, winning on the road, even though we lost a few ones, you know. But uh, overall, we did something good to still come in first place with all of that. So, and and you guys, uh, you guys did go seven and one at home. Maybe um, talk about how comfortable it is for you guys uh, being at the Paladoza. Which is kind of affectionately known as uh, Il Madison, uh, in homage to the Madison Square Garden. Maybe mm-hmm. talk about talking, uh, playing at the Paladosa. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was great. You know, fans, fans come to all the games. They loud. They in all the games. So anytime we have a home game and we're able to, you know, win a game, win a home game, it's always huge for us, huge for the fans, huge for the city. So we just try to continue to you know, do that each and every time we have a home game, whether it's in the Italian league or just in the Champions League. Yeah, what's it like playing for a, uh, for a historic club like Bologna? And, and did you know about the, their history, like with Manu Ginobili and all the titles and everything before you signed there? Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I, was, I did a lot of my research. I was, I got informed real quickly, you know, once I had signed here and everything. But um, it's, it's, it's it's not bad playing for a club like this, just because you know the history behind it, you know what they're trying to do in the near future, and you know, you know, if they're able to get there, what to expect in terms of the city and the fan club, you know, things like that. So it's it's pretty cool, um, you know, reading up on history and um, seeing NBA guys that used to play here. Yeah, and you personally are starting to create a little bit of history in Europe, and you're you know you're becoming well known for kind of rising to the occasion in big moments, like last year in the Final Four with Ike. Uh, what is it about you that allows you to keep coming through in these clutch situations like that? Uh, just me a focus. You know, a lot of a lot of early mornings in the gym. A lot of you know, I'm just by myself, just locked in. You know, uh, just stuff like that. I live, you know, just. Living for moments like this, working for moments like this. So when they arrive, you know, you know how to handle it, handle it accordingly. So that's that's pretty much it. You know, this season you've also missed a couple game winners, like all great players do throughout their careers. Uh, but that that one against Besiktas, I wanted to ask you about because you had like a few seconds to size mm-hmm. it up. Uh, were, were you just like too wide open, like just like too much time to think about it? I, I screwed up by looking at the clock. You know, a lot of people, and I'm sure a lot of people had something to say. A lot of people should have did this, but most people have never been in a situation like that. So I don't really listen to 
what people would say on the outside and people love to talk. But for me, I just looked at the clock and I shouldn't have looked at the clock. You know, I didn't think we had that much time because how the whole play, how everything played out, came over half court. I believe they kind of trapped me and gave it up to Pio. He drove, gave it to Amon, and he kicked it back out to me. All of that happened within, I'm not even sure how much time was on the clock, but for me, when I looked at the clock, it kind of just messed me up. And then before I know I got my right foot together, it was it was pretty much too late. I was all just messed up instead of me just going with the motion and catching and just letting it go. Because I believe I had just hit maybe like one already. So, but it's all good though. Yeah, basically just go through the motion that you always do, right? Um uh, when when you do go mm-hmm, exactly. when you do go through a shooting slump, um, you know how, how do you how do you try to find your way out of it? Stay focused, sticking to what you know. Um, that sounds cliche, but you know, just shooting up and down, not leaning, not um, basically stick to how you how you normally shoot the ball. You know, don't change your routine, don't. And I just say, uh, focus in more, lock in more. Um, that's pretty much it, and just continue to shoot with confidence. That's that, that's what I would tell anybody. You know, it, it happens to everybody. Everyone goes through a shooting slump at, at, at some point in time in their career. Uh, for me, I just say just stay focused, stay dialed in, locked in, and stick to uh, you know, stick to your routine, uh, routine how you shoot the ball. For sure. Yeah. Looking at your background a little bit, um, you know, you grew up, you were in the Bronx in New York City. Uh, What what was it like growing up playing ball there in the Bronx? Uh, Real gritty. Uh, Well, pretty much you got to get on your own. You know, if you're not not really good or if you're not good enough, then you kind of get pushed to the side. That's kind of how New York City basketball is. So, you know, they don't really care. If you're good, then, you know, you'll hang around. If you're not, you kind of just get pushed to the side. So growing up in a in, a, in an environment like that, you're kind of forced to, you know, figure it out. You're kind of forced to, you know, uh, have that mindset of what do I need to do to stay, what I need to do to, you know, kind of like survive, kind of find my own way. So, and I've been having – that month since I was like a little kid. So that was, you know, that, that's something that stayed with me to this day. Yeah, something that really surprised me when I was, you know, kind of learning more about you is that uh, you went to State Fair Community College coming out of high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, why why were you slept on coming out of high school? Because, you know, a guy who comes over to Europe and puts up points like this, generally they go to like a big yeah. school or something. And you you did go to Tennessee eventually, but you know, yeah. Why, why were you slept on coming out of high school? And then, what was your mindset when you were there playing at community college? Um, just because I'm, New York City is overpopulated, there's a lot of ball players that pretty much do the same thing. So it was kind of like it's hard to, to to get out, you know. So I guess for me, I guess I didn't go to a school. I mean, I went to a school that wasn't that was big in basketball, but it wasn't as big as. Uh, the high schools in the city and whatnot, so it just made it that much harder. So, and for me, you know, everybody or everyone said was I was too skinny, I was too this, wasn't good enough here and here, here and there. So, you know, all the doubters that said stuff like that. But um, my mindset going in the dream college was just just to just to mentally stay locked. It was my first time. I didn't I didn't know anything about dream college. So for me, it was just. 
leaving high school, everybody probably thought, oh, it was it was over for me because they haven't, you know, I just out of sight, out of mind. They haven't heard anything. They didn't know where I was. So for me, it was just, I just remember that we just get better, improve each and every summer, and you know, make a name for myself. So that was that's pretty much you know what I've been doing since. <laughs> Let's actually take a jump, um, actually, to uh, this past weekend. Maybe how long or short you actually slept Sunday night going into Monday morning, and if you ended up waking up at uh, two a.m. Uh, to watch your number one Tennessee go against uh, Kentucky. Final score was uh, eighty six. 69 for Kentucky. Uh, maybe just your thoughts about uh, the game and how it went down in uh, in Lexington. Um, I mean, I, I wasn't able to catch the game live. I, I was following. But um, tough loss. You know, obviously it was tough. We was rolling. We, we, we was only had one loss in the year. But losses like that, sometimes you need them, to be honest with you. Sometimes the thing is going, is going too perfect. Then you know a little bit of adversity it's at the wrong time. Then you may not know how to handle it. Sometimes you need to, you need losses like that, you know, during the season to to let you guys know like okay, you know we needed that, we needed that real shake up, and you know why it happened and prevent it from happening. So I feel like and obviously they were ranked, so it wasn't a bad loss. So. Something like that going into the tournament, into the NCAA tournament, I feel like it's gonna nothing but um help us yeah and speaking of kentucky when you were there at tennessee uh you matched up against a lot of great players um i, th- I think like devin booker carl towns were kind of around at that time uh yeah, what, what do you my, yeah my junior nice yeah what, what do you remember from from going up against uh some of those uh big time kentucky teams yeah yeah um, my junior year, i played against um Harrison twin, I believe they had the Harrison twin, Booker, Carl Anthony, um, Trey Lyles. So, you know, that was a, it was a good matchup. Those guys, obviously, it was hard to see each and every one of those guys' potential because they're all on the same team. So, you know, you're not really getting, I feel like you wasn't really getting each one of those guys' full potential. But obviously, all you guys are, you know, making money somewhere and, and having good careers. So, you know, and then my senior year, I played against um, Briscoe, Ulysses, Murray. Murray. You know, another year where a bunch of guys had a great town, you know, great town on those teams. And we beat them that year. We played, we played them twice. We beat them that year at home. And then we lost to a close one at their house. So, you know, but those guys had, those, those teams always had uh, pretty good teams. Last month, Tennessee took over number one spot in the country. It, it, it's, uh, it's only the second time. Uh, that they've been number one. Bruce Pearl was number one for uh, uh, real briefly in in seven oh eight. As, as someone who went to the program and is following it, how how much fun are you having following it, or, or I guess probably trying to follow it with with late night, early morning games? Um, and and maybe mm-hmm. how much how much do you think this uh, Tennessee team can do this season? Oh, I follow as much as possible, um, as much as possible for sure. And I'm not just saying it because I went I went to Tennessee, but for sure, I feel like they can win the national title. Just because I know how Coach Barnes is, I, I was a player for him, and I and I know what he has his guys doing in practice and preparing mentally. So that's why I say what I say because I I know a lot of stuff that if you don't play for him, you're not gonna know. 
So being that I play for him, I know how he's for the most part preparing those guys and how how he would have been I know all of those things. So for me, that's why I say, you know, they're gonna be for sure in the final four winning the national championship. You mentioned Coach Barnes. I saw that he kind of credited you for like changing the culture there a little bit and yeah, uh, he said you were the first guy to really, really buy into his system and everything there. Um, in in your opinion, what what was it that you did that impressed him so much and made such a big impact on that program? Um, for me, I feel like just 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 working hard. He saw that I wanted it from the time he took the job, and for me, yeah, I was just relentless. Now I feel like there's nobody. I don't care who you. I feel like there's nobody that really works harder than me to be honest with you so i guess he's seen that you know he, he's a hard-working coach so it, it's easy to, to um figure out who works hard or not by just walking into the room and, and evaluating so i guess he's seen me as a player somebody that likes to work loves to work and he's a coach that loves to work and two workers you know two workers get along so you know that was easy to figure out and go from there in your professional career, you were in Greece and then Belgium and Poland and, and then back to Greece again. Mm-hmm. Uh, last season, you, you joined Ike in February um, and then really just mm-hmm. uh, uh, just a week into your uh, into your season with them. Uh, you guys, you helped Ike beat mm-hmm. Olympiakos uh, to win the Greek Cup. Uh, it was the first time since 2001, uh, 2001 since they had won it. And, um, you know, just maybe what was it like for you really to go through such an amazing experience. You know, that was the first time that anyone not, uh, you know, that a team other than Olympiakos, Panathinaikos had won it since 04. Um, and then to come in and really just a week into your, into your campaign with them to, to win such a, such a, such a big trophy. Amazing. It was actually a crazy, maybe week and a half. <laughs> I believe that. Because I didn't think the deal was going to, I didn't think the deal was going to go through. So it ended up going through, everything went through it. And what people don't know, I had just finished, I had just finished playing a Polish game on Saturday and I played like 30 some minutes. And then the next morning I had to get on the next flight out to go to Greece. So everything was just, and then I get to Greece then the following day, we hit the road because we have two games, Olympiacos being the second game. So we were on a road for another week because we were just traveling and practicing on the road because the cup was somewhere else angry. So it was just a long week. I was tired, never really got no real rest, jumping in right into a new team, new plays, new everything. So it was just, you know, it was just a lot. So after we had won that, I was just, I was happy. Everything was over and I can get some rest. So, but it was, I was for sure um, a huge accomplishment, a huge accomplishment for me. Just with, you know, everything that was happening, just coming back to Greece and winning. And, you know, it was just, it was just crazy. And then, and then a month later, uh, your, your three pointer in the final seconds uh, got Ike past uh, Nimberg into the quarterfinals. Um, you know, you're, you're mm-hmm. new in this team only a month in five weeks in, um, and then to, to hit a big shot, maybe just talk about the, the feelings of, of getting the team, uh, past the, past Nimburg to get into the quarters. Yeah. Oh, it was, it was huge. It was, it was huge. One of my, I think I said before, one of the biggest shots in my career. Cause if I missed that, I think we all know our season is done. So 
to hit that and to keep us alive. And we ended up winning about one. It was just, it was just, it was just amazing. It was just amazing. So, and to the day when I saw Mike Green driving to the basket and he looked in my eyes as he was driving, I just knew he was going to throw the ball back. So, and when he threw it back, I had one, I had one thing in my eyes. I let it go. So, I'm glad he passed me. No looking at the clock on that one. Not at all. You gotta let that one go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was. I was just gonna say he's. He's probably glad he passed. I'm sure it too. I'll get that again. But the funny, yeah, I'll get that back. You know, it happened twice. The first one, yeah, we exactly. Been in the, of the second one, we all know what happened. So trust me, I, I've been in situations like that a lot of times yeah. in my career, and it is a lot of times. So I, stuff like that, I don't really, I don't really worry about. Yeah, for sure. And then, and then again, looking back at last year, you guys, you know, Final Four at home in Athens. You ended up taking home the trophy again. Uh, what what kind of jumps out to you when when you think back to that? Like, you know, what what were some of like your favorite memories from that experience? Um, just um, to be honest with you, just the whole um, how Champions League did the whole presentation and the whole because obviously that was my first time being part of a Final Four, so it really felt it really felt special. You know what I'm saying? And especially for it to be in your hometown. Well, yeah, we were in Athens, our home town or whatnot. So it really felt like, to be honest, it's, it's almost hard to explain because the feelings are something that you just have to experience, you have to be there. So, but um, it was just, it was great. It was great. You know, to do that at 24, to have two, win a cup and then a title in European play is, I don't, you know, that doesn't really happen often for young professional players and this is what this is in my second year at a huge stage like that so you know for me i felt like that was just you know that that was that was amazing yeah for sure and of course you you know you played a really big role in that in the final you scored 11 of your 16 points were in the fourth quarter uh how, how did it feel to you know come through like that in, in such an important moment for your team great great um my, my, believe it or not my team really they had a lot of confidence in me. You know, I was coming off the bench, so you know they, they always made me feel comfortable. Like you know, like yo, when you come off the bench and you get into the game, you know, just you know, we need to score. So you know, the, having confidence like that from the teammates and coaches is it just it just made my job a lot easier for me to just go out there and you know be myself. So you know, I feel like I'm one of the best scorers in Europe. So. If, if you just tell me, don't worry about it, just go score the ball, then I feel like I can do that easily. You mentioned last year was your second season, um, and and one of your teammates teammates there and Ike was Mike Green. You know, and that was that was his tenth year uh, in 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 Europe. Um, maybe just what kind of things uh, did you learn from? You know, let's call him the crafty veteran. Um, talk about what you what you learned yeah, from yeah. a guy like Mike Green. Yeah. Oh, oh just. Things to expect from down the line. Just as you get as you get older as a player, as you get uh, more experience, you know, just things to um, expect moving forward. How things are moving forward, and you know, we spoke about you know um, where I started from and where I'm trying to get to. You know, just things like that, and you know what it takes, and you know, just little small things that you may know, but hearing it from a vet. You know, it, it kind of almost, um, you know, puts the stamp on it. So, but me and Mike had, um, 
we have some, some some good conversations just about you know being up and moving forward and you know what's what what separates guys. One of one of the things BCL fans uh, enjoy about watching you is kind of the the swagger you have um, on the court. Where where would you say that comes from? Um, that's just me being me. <laughs> that's just me being me. I'm from New York, so everybody in New York pretty much has that that chip on their shoulder, that confidence, that you know, like kind of that, like that swagger, like what you said. So I guess that's where you um, say I get it from. I've seen a lot of stuff about, you know, your work ethic and that you love getting out, uh, you know, getting in the gym and just working out, working out. Um, what do you do when you're not doing basketball things? Uh, I saw, I saw you're actually a pretty solid shopping fan. Uh, talk about your, about off the court. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, if I'm not, if I'm not playing basketball, whatever, but I'm just relaxing, pretty laid back, you know, my friends and whatnot, or like you see, you know, shop. I like to shop a lot. I like clothes and shit, you know, things like that. Um, to be honest, you just, just, I don't really like to do. T- I mean, I like to do stuff, but not do too much. You know, I'm just I'm real laid back, real chill. You know, if I'm not playing basketball or anything like that, if I'm just chill, I don't really wanna. I mean, I may think about it here and there, but you know, when I'm not doing that things like that, I just wanna relax, chill. You know, go outside, go downtown. You know, just do just do regular things like that. And staying off the court, um, you know, one thing we like to ask guys about, because I think it gives, you know, kind of a good insight into their backstory a little bit is just, uh, some of the, some of the tattoos they have. And do, do you have any good stories about, uh, you know, kind of like the history behind some of the tattoos that you have? Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, obviously people haven't seen all of my tattoos, but all my tattoos, I I mean it to it. So. I got my brother, I got my brother, my father, my mom, and my dad faces on me. No, I'm sorry, I got my mom, my dad, my brother, my grandmother. I got four faces. So those pretty much, you know, the, the four people in my in my lives that have been there from the time I was a little kid, you know, those people I'm closest to for the most part in my family. And, um, you know, along with a whole bunch of other things, on my body, but, um, you know, everything that's on my body, on my back and chest and everything just is all pretty much, um, has stuff to do with my family, myself, um, things that keep me, uh, humble, things that keep me, uh, moving forward, working hard, um, just things like that keep me grounded. Cool. Yeah. And and then bringing it back to the BCL a little bit, um, you've had a pretty interesting experience where you've, you've kind of like seen the BCL from some different perspectives, you know, like you guys were like the mm-hmm. underdogs with Rosa Radam and then you're the champion with Ike. Mm-hmm. And now you're, now you're with Bologna kind of like up and coming contender type of team. Um, how do you just, you know, how do you feel about the competition in general? Um, you know, you know, seeing it from these different perspectives. Um, since playing in that, I feel like this this is this whole league is just up and coming. It's because it has a lot of great teams and you know, it, it's 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 competitive each and every single night. Like you just sometimes you just don't know who's gonna win or who's gonna you know what I'm saying? So each and every single night is it's competitive. You know, it's my second year playing in and like you said, I've been playing it on all different type of sides and being an underdog and one of the hardest I think last year group C was one of the hardest, um, one of the toughest groups last year. 
So good teams each and every single night. So I just think um, Champions League is a really good um, competition and everything. It's, it's amazing. So next up in the uh, BCL, I have a couple of weeks actually before um, is your round of 16 matchup with Lamont. They, they, whereas you kind of uh, slumped into the playoffs, if you will, with the three and four record over the final seven games, they, they had to basically mm-hmm. win out. Uh, they won five out of six um, to get into the playoffs. The first game is in, is in France. Maybe just talk a little bit about uh what you what you see as the keys to this matchup with Lamont, uh, even though we're a couple weeks out? Yeah, um, the key to that matchup, to be honest with you, is just us playing our game. You know, if if we play our style, our game, and do what we do, if we do what we do, we'll be fine. We'll be we'll get out of that uh, top sixteen. You know, but for, I think for us. It's not about no other team. It's just about us. No matter who we playing against, it's not about them. It's just about, you know, us coming ready to play, us being prepared. And if we come, be prepared, and we'll, and we'll focus, and the rest will take care of us. So. All right. Um, then finish this sentence. Uh, Virtus Bologna will reach the BCL Final Four because? Because we play together. And we're more hungry than any other team. All right, fantastic. Um, I don't know if you realized, uh, but you are actually the the leading scorer in the history of this competition. Uh, you got uh, you got Dusan Sakota by f- by five points right now. Uh, I was just wondering if you uh, knew about that. Who got five points? Who I got by five points? Dusan from uh, from Mike. Oh, Dusan, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I, I, I'm going to text him and let him know that. <laughs> and you guys got, and you. I was just talking to him probably about two days ago, too. Not <laughs> yeah, probably two days ago, a day ago, because they had just won the National Cup. So I was just me and was just going back and forth. But I was, I was told him I was happy for him, though, man. I was happy for him. Yeah, what'd you think about that? They, you know, they went to Rio and won the Intercontinental that Cup. Yeah, yeah. That was that was cool, man. I mean, why not? You know, get as much trophies as you can. So me and Deuce are good today. Still cool. Still talk to him here and there whenever we need to talk. So, you know, I definitely send my uh, you know best wishes to him and you know the team. And you know, me and Delray still maybe two days ago also. So we've been talking all year. So. I'm still in touch with a lot of those guys over there. What would it What would it be like for you if uh, you know Ike obviously had a great season? What What would it be like if you end up matched up uh-huh. against them in the final four? That would be one of the best matchups in basketball league history. <laughs> <laughs> I think, but that would be you know you know I don't want to I don't ever want to speak too soon, but that's in the back of my mind though. So that's why I feel like. You know, for, for for us, we just need to take care of what we need to take care of, and let's just see how the cards, you know, let's see how the cards roll out. And you actually have, um, you have, uh, let's see, was it Ant- Antwerp was another one that, that might be in there for you as well? Yeah, yep, yep, Antwerp, yep. You yep. can maybe match up with them. That'd also Antwerp, be a fun little matchup. Yeah, that would be, that would be dope. I saw their own little side of the bracket, so... That should be um that should be good. All right, well, Kevin Punter, thanks a lot for coming on. It's uh it's been fun uh, catching up with you and and uh, letting the uh, BCL 
uh, followers uh, kind of get an idea who you are and, and what you're all about. Um, thanks a lot for taking your time, and uh, we'll uh, we'll be waiting a couple more weeks to to watch you guys. Uh, go at it with Lamont. Uh, good luck, and uh, without a doubt, definitely stay healthy. And uh, I guess uh, from your side, uh, go vol, go go vols, right? <laughs> yep, exactly. Thank you, appreciate it. All right. Thanks again to our guest this week, Kevin Punter from Virtus Bologna. Dave, uh, it's it's not every week that we get to talk to the all time leading scorer in the BCL. It was uh, it was pretty great having a chat with Kevin. What what did you think about what he had to say? You know, actually preparing for the interview it was really cool. Going back and 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 watching those highlights. Um, you know that that quarterfinal sh- the, the the round of sixteen shot that that got him into the quarterfinals against Nimbrook. You know, such a high huge pressure shot to get that and. And then to see him really, you know, play so well in the fourth quarters of both those games, and um, and then and then uh, you know we've we've talked to a lot of we've talked to actually a couple of uh, sort of younger rising stars, you know, Paris Lee and you know some other guys, and uh, and the 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 things that they learn from the veterans, you know, in in Lee's case it was Darden, in uh, in Punter's case, you know, what he learned from 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 Mike Green, and um, you know. That 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 was good. That was that was cool to see that you know that he tried to take in as much as he could, and then and then, uh, yeah, you know I can imagine that he's really that he would love to face Ike um, in the final four. I I think that would probably be uh, probably his 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 dream um, to to go at those guys and and maybe get another chance at them. And uh, and uh, but yeah, just a really fun interview. Uh, and a guy who's uh, really, you know, he, he's already seen a lot, you know, this is really only his third season, but he's bounced around a lot. And, you know, and, and, and like we asked him, you know, that was, uh, in a, in a couple of different cases, you know, like the, with Radom and, and now, and then Ike and now with Bologna. So, uh, a, a cool conversation and, and really, a um, a, a guy that we, yeah, I mean, I, I, I really enjoy watching him. I know you do, too, so uh, it was good chatting to him. Yeah, I think for anybody who watches the BCL on the regular basis, you got to love Kevin Punter's game, uh, the swagger he plays with, the confidence, the uh, the killer instinct, even even when he misses some of those late shots, like he was talking about, you know, there was there were a couple that he left on the table this year where he had a chance to win it at the buzzer and couldn't quite do it, but that's, you know, that's what happens when you're a great player and when you're going to take those game-winning shots. Sometimes you're going to miss them but um you know I, I have supreme confidence in that guy going forward and and this Bologna team and if they were to match up with Ike in the final four that would be absolutely incredible uh so many weapons on both sides and so much experience and the storylines with punter going up against his former team so that would be pretty incredible um yeah thanks again to Kevin for joining us on this week's show uh Dave any final words uh before we wrap this up uh yeah i mean basketball obviously doesn't stop we have the fiba window um actually games going on uh today friday when you when you listen to this uh you can catch those all on on live basketball.tv uh when we talk next week we'll have the uh the field ready f- complete for the fiba uh fiba basketball world cup 2019 so loads of uh great stuff t- uh to to watch and a load loads of of bcl guys uh, in action. So um, can't wait to, to take in those games and, and talk a little bit of international uh, national team stuff next week. 
Yeah, for sure. Really excited to see who gets those final qualification spots for the FIBA World Cup, uh, which will be happening in August and September of 2019. Dave and I will be back again next week. No BCL games to talk about, of course, but plenty of action going on, as he mentioned, with BCL guys playing in the World Cup qualifiers. Remember, the round of 16 returns March 5th and 6th. Uh, for the BCL playoffs. So we're coming up pretty closely there. Dave and I will be back next week. We're, or we'll have some more player interviews for you guys and some previews to get you prepared for the round of 16 coming up. So thanks again to our guest this week, Kevin Punter. For David Hine out in Germany, my name is Austin Green, and this has been BCL Coast to Coast. Coast to Coast.